our scripture this morning is the story of Stephen. The story of Stephen. Now, that's not really one that we focus a lot on. So I wanted to kind of set up the scripture for you this morning to let you know what was going on in Stephen's life that brings us up to our text this morning. Um, in the early days of the church, uh, it did not take very long, surprise, surprise, for disputes to come up in the church. And a lot of times it had to do with the ministries that they were providing for the communities. So the 12 realized that they needed some help with the administration and the day-to-day -day runnings of the church. Doesn't sound too different from today, does it? So the 12 directed the church to select seven good men of character. Seven good men of character who were full of the Holy Spirit and who had wisdom. Now, one of the men that was chosen, one of these seven's name was Stephen. He was a man who indeed was full of faith and full of the Holy Spirit. And as these seven began to do what they were selected to do, the church began to grow and to begin to flourish. And Stephen kind of stepped out at that point, and he was doing wonderful things in the church. And there were many signs of faith that were being produced there through Stephen's ministry. But there were some people in the church who got a little jealous. Again, how very human of them. They became jealous because they felt like they couldn't quite measure up to Stephen. They couldn't keep up with all of the things that Stephen was doing in and for the church. And they began to feel a little threatened. They began to feel a little threatened. So what they chose to do at that particular time was to bring charges against Stephen. They brought charges against Stephen. And when Stephen was brought before the church council, one by one, these individuals would get up and they would share these horrible untruths about Stephen. When the council asked that if, if these things were true, Stephen's response was a sermon that he preached. I love that part. But this sermon that he preached so enraged the people because here's what he did. He told them that he had a vision. He had a vision of the heavens opening up and Jesus standing 
at the right hand of God. Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And it was those proceedings that led up to what our scripture is today. So here the response from Stephen in Acts 7 verses 55 through 60. But filled with the Holy Spirit, he gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Look, he said, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. But they, the people, covered their ears and with a loud shout all rushed together towards him. Then they dragged him out of the city and began to stone him. And the witnesses laid their coats at the feet of a young man named Saul. While they were stoning Stephen, he prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he knelt down and cried out in a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. When he had said this, he died. May the Lord add his, re his blessing to the reading and hearing of God's word. The tale is, one day there was a visitor who was leaned up against the fence of a farmer. And this visitor was watching this farmer plowing his field using a mule. He would tug and he would pull on that mule. Finally, the visitor hollered out to the farmer, Now, I don't like to tell you how to run your business, but I think you would save yourself a whole lot of work if you would say the words, Gee! and whoa. That way, you would have help from the mule instead of pulling him along as you plow. The farmer paused for a moment and he pulled his big old handkerchief out of his pocket and he wiped his face. He said, yeah, I reckon you're right. But this animal kicked me five years ago, and I haven't spoken to him since. <laughs> and as funny as that sounds, some of us are just like that farmer. Someone has done something to us, maybe even a long time ago. And we, like the farmer, haven't spoken to him since. Much less offer forgiveness. There's a moral to this story about the visitor and the farmer and the mule. A grudge is much harder on the one who holds it 
then it is on the one who it is held against. Think about that for a moment. A grudge is harder on the one who holds it than it is on the one that it is held against. Stephen was a model for speaking truth in the church. He wasn't afraid of conflict or controversy. He suffered at the hands of what I call probably the very first version of adults behaving badly. Yet his response was words of forgiveness. Words of forgiveness. If you think about it and you go back and you reread this story, Stephen's words sound very much like Jesus' words that he spoke on the cross. Stephen, too, was at the face of death just as Jesus was. Yet he prayed forgiveness. And it just is amazing to me, not only about Stephen, but Jesus as well, that in the midst of their suffering, Jesus on the cross, Stephen, in the midst of being stoned, had enough love and forethought to pray for forgiveness for those that were persecuting them. And it was the cross of Christ that gave Stephen the strength to accept the suffering and the abuse. Now, if there was anybody that deserved to hold a grudge, I think that would have been Stephen. But we know throughout the scriptures, we hear over and over of the the rage and the hatred of the Sanhedrin. And at this point, all of that rage and that hatred that had been building up and building up reached the point of exploding. The point of exploding. It could no longer be contained or hidden behind the walls of the church. I also thought it was very interesting that this act was instigated and manipulated by an expert who fueled the fire, but when the deed was done, he could say, there's no blood on my hands. I didn't do this. For Stephen, a blow to the head would have been much, much more merciful. Picture the crowds in the midst of their rage and their jealousy and their anger. 
tossing stones at an object, all reason gone out of their heads. They weren't expert marksmen. Their blows were hitting all over Stephen's body. So it was a slow and painful death. Stephen would have had a fairly long time to nurse the grudge. But he chose forgiveness. And his words of forgiveness, just as Christ's words of forgiveness, have lasted down through the ages. Winning the war, he didn't do. He lost the battle, but maybe he did win the war. But again, in the way of Christ and Christ's kingdom, winning the war doesn't mean that you get to exact revenge or that you retaliate verbally against those who offend you or hurt your feelings. Winning the war means being Christ-like in your response, regardless of the situation. Winning the war is being Christ-like, regardless of the situation. Jesus won his war by not fussing and fighting with those who came up against him, but by dying on a cross. Not only for those who loved him, but for those who didn't as well. So I think as we sit here this morning as we hear the story of Stephen, as we think on these things, maybe the question for us is, how do we as Christians, and I'm going to stop right there because that word Christians holds at its very beginning the name of Jesus Christ. We have laid claim to that name of Christian. Living in the image of Jesus Christ. How do we solve our problems? How do we deal with those that we disagree with? Are we like those in our scripture today who plugged their ears and screamed? Have we come to the place in this world that we throw stones first and ask questions 
Maybe never. Maybe never. How do we close our ears and scream against those that we need to forgive? What wrongs are we holding on to? What is it that we have been unable to forgive? How do we witness to the way of Jesus? On the cross, we know that Jesus prayed, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Stephen prayed, prayed that his killers would all be forgiven. And what that showed the world was a changed life that reflected Jesus' own words and Jesus' love. Only forgiveness can keep us from being eaten up on the inside. Only forgiveness can model Jesus. I heard an old, old story. How a Savior came from glory. How he gave his life on Calvary to save a wretch like me. I have to ask the question this morning. Is there someone that you have been holding in unforgiveness? Have you been wronged by someone? Again, maybe a long time ago, or maybe even yesterday but you keep it alive through your resentment or even worse my personal favorite the silent treatment don't waste precious God-given time holding people in unforgiveness. If this pandemic has shown us nothing else, it is to treasure those that God has placed in your life and to make the most of every moment. Set yourself free 
and let Jesus come down off of that cross once and for all. Let us pray. Father, as we sit here with the silence of our thoughts, Lord, bring to our hearts and our minds someone, someone that we can t still tell you, Lord, every detail of how they have wronged us whether knowingly or unknowingly, Lord. Whether it is something big, like a betrayal, or something as small as someone not saying or acting like we think they should. Lord, we need your help to do this gift of forgiveness, this thing that you did so well. Lord, sometimes we're not even willing. Help us, Lord. Help us to forgive that one person it's on our heart and on our mind here this morning. And then, Lord, help us to enjoy the freedom of fully understanding this most precious gift of forgiveness. In Christ's name we pray.